Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Stevens. And man, do we have a lot of fun over at the Volusia Speedway Park for the Rudiman Memorial this weekend. Uh, great field of modifieds, great two nights of racing action. And uh, definitely want to give a big thank you to the Volusia Speedway Park and uh, for Justin for hooking us up with some tickets uh, for the event. Um, you know, wasn't sure if we're going to go both nights or not. Uh, the weather looked kind of iffy for Saturday, so we decided what the heck, we'll go out Friday. That way we at least get something in this weekend. And then, hey, Mother Nature ended up cooperating, and um, we got both nights in. And I got to tell you, with all the vehicles that were there over two nights of racing, a very, very efficient show run by the Dirt Car folks and the Volusia Speedway Park. I mean, it was crazy. Saturday, uh, I'm sorry, Friday, we were in and out of there in like two hours and 15 minutes. They did everything. They started up. They ran three full shows, three divisions, full, all the way through, two and a half hours, in and out. Then, of course, Saturday, another efficient show. It was a little bit longer of a night because we had all the uh, the intros and the ceremony and stuff for the Rudiman family before the big memorial 50-lapper. Um, and obviously a 50-lapper that night, some uh, LCQs and all that. So there was a bit more going on Saturday night compared to Friday. But in my opinion, just uh, just a great night. Great night of racing. Uh, great event for the Rudiman Memorial. Um, I will say, uh, even though I enjoy venturing out to the dirt tracks every now and then, um, I still think asphalt's where it's at. I'm an asphalt fan at heart. But but again, love getting over to Volusia Speedway Park when we can. Um, the, the reason I say that is... Um, Everyone's like, oh, dirt's where it's at. It's the better racing. I mean, I, I do love watching them slide through the corners. I love how the groove widens out. But honestly, you know, once the track gets rubber down, it might as well be an asphalt track anyway. Um, and, and I didn't see that much difference in the racing. Yeah, they, there was good car counts. Um, you had a ton of modifieds. Um, and solid car counts in, in the other classes as well. But, I mean, and this is not a knock on on anything. It's just This is just commentary. Um, in the 50 lapper for the modifieds, the Rudiman Memorial race, they had like a four lap shootout and the winner still walked away from everybody else by half a straightaway in four laps. He won by three and a half seconds in a four lap shootout. So I, I know the racing, especially at New Smyrna and, and some of the other tracks, it does tend to get spread out, but I mean, dirt racing does too. Uh, I, I think some of the best racing this weekend was actually on Friday night in the qualifiers. They had four qualifying showdown races that were 15-lap races where only the top five qualified. And usually the winner would get hooked up. He'd walk away. And the best stuff on the track was the battle for the fifth and final transfer spot. That's where I thought the best racing was in the qualifiers. And I don't know what it is. I don't know if us uh, Florida race fans just don't care or or what, but there was, the, the place was almost empty on Friday for the qualifying stuff. You had over 50 modified trying to qualify, let, let's see, what, what they start, 28 for the feature? Yeah, they started uh, 28 for the feature. And you had 50 plus cars trying to qualify. And there, it, it was, the place just felt open and empty on Friday. And, and it was a quick show. It just kind of felt like, you probably could have done this in one day, but um Again, some of the best racing of the entire weekend was in those qualifiers and the battle for the final spot. Even the LCQs were good. Um, those weren't over until the last lap. I I, I don't know. 
maybe I'm wrong, but I, I just don't think that many Florida, and I say not everybody, but I think many Florida race fans just don't give a crap about qualifying heats. I think everybody just wants to show up, watch the feature, and go home. And, and I mean, if you didn't come Friday and you just came Saturday, and, and maybe the weather being kind of iffy on Friday kept people away, that's definitely a possibility. Or some people are just saving their dollars and only coming to the features, which I get, I understand. But if you just came on Saturday and were like, oh, you know, 90% of the field's already qualified. I have no idea what's going on. Um, uh, Bob and Rick did a great job up in the booth kind of recapping the night. But if you weren't paying attention and you didn't hear that, you just go to the feature and you're like, oh. Or they just start the night with the the LCQs and you're just like, wait a minute, what happened yesterday? If you weren't paying attention and you didn't know, you missed out on a lot of the drama. And I, I, I just, it's still, I, I, I would have been, more disappointed if I didn't go Friday and just showed up Saturday, I would have felt lost the entire night. And not because, you know, the, the announcers didn't do their job, but just because I didn't get to witness it. There's no, you know, I, I can get on this podcast and describe a racing event. I can get on the hot lap and describe a racing event. I can talk to you in the pits about a racing event. But no matter how good a job you do describing what happened, it can never replace you actually being there and experiencing it for yourself. And I, I just... I don't know if I'm just being, you know, too hard on, on the fact that the weather was it, – it, it rained about half of my drive to Volusia on Friday. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the ticket prices were at the window. Uh, maybe that had something to do with it. But if, you know, people are so worried about car counts, but yet you don't give a crap about actually watching all the cars and, and watching them get qualified in an event that does have – you know, it's not a start-all event, then what are you worried about car count for? Just don't worry about it. Just be quiet, show up, and watch the race. But if you want to, you know, think about car count and, oh, there's 50-some-odd cars, who cares that there's 50-some-odd cars if you ain't going to be out there to watch the qualifying? It just it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but anyways, that's just my, my little mini rant is, I just, man, I, I just get the feeling that here in Florida... Nobody cares about the qualifying heats. Nobody cares about heat races. Nobody cares about setting the field, how we got to the feature. They just want to get to the feature and go home. I just remember as a kid growing up going to Thunder Road, and we'd get there. My dad would rush home from work, run in the house, take his boots off, throw his shoes on, throw the kids in the car, and we'd race out of the track so we didn't miss a heat race because that was you know, some of the most exciting stuff was seeing who was going to qualify for the feature that night. Who was going to go home? How was it going to affect the points? Who was going to do what in a heat race that could affect the season? And then you'd qualify through the heats. You'd go through the B mains, the consies, whatever, whatever, whatever. You'd dwindle the field down to X amount of starters. You know, some tracks, they have the luxury of being big and they can fit 30, 35 cars, like five flags, like New Smyrna. Some tracks are a bit smaller. And you have to qualify. And that, to me, is exciting. It's very exciting. Because you never know what's going to happen. One of the last chance qualifiers, I can't I can't remember the guy's name, uh, but I picked, I think it was the seven car. I picked him to win, and he was running away with it. And he blew up on the back straightaway in the final lap. And Buzzy Rudiman, that's right, 80-something-year-old Buzzy Rudiman, wins the qualifier to get in his own race. It's pretty awesome. Um, I should say his family's race. Um but you know what I mean. Um, but I just, I, I was disappointed that more people didn't show up Friday to enjoy how we were going to get to Saturday. 
Now, Saturday wasn't like a sellout, but I mean, the, the Volusia stands are freaking huge. I mean, you could fit thousands and thousands of people in there now um, with with the renovations they've made for the Dirt Car Nationals. That's what uh, that, that's really what their big crown jewel is, and I'm sure they sell that place out in February. But it was a good good crowd and in a good race. But again, um, you know, you had a few dust ups early. You had a couple of blown blown motors, man. That was like the big story. Me and uh, me and my buddy Kenny were talking about that this afternoon. It was like instead of a bunch of wrecks, pileups and stuff, it was a bunch of mechanical problems and, and, and blown motors and tires and this and that that took people out. It's kind of like Governor's Cup, just parts failure. And then we kind of went down the rabbit hole. It's like, is this the new norm? Is this what we're going to see now is parts that can't last? Um, equipment that's just not as good as it used to be and not because the people can't afford it and it's not because people aren't building good stuff. It's just because our parts just being rushed. Our parts not made as strong as they used to be. Is it planned obsolescence what is it because we've seen a lot of you know in the two big races that we've been to the last couple of weeks we've just seen a lot of mechanical problems and kenny brought it back up and he's right i mean it was a lot of mechanical stuff 10 cars failed to finish the rudiment memorial including some good cars like tyler nicely he he was battling up there he had issues um kyle strickler uh a nickname that i'm not going to repeat on here because it makes me cringe uh he fell out of it so i mean he just just had a lot of mechanical stuff. Um, I was expecting with all the cars there, a, a bunch of pileups, some flips, some crazy wrecks. Really didn't have much of that. Uh, one of the biggest wrecks happened in one of the qualifying heats, and it actually involved Garrett Stewart, one of the top drivers at the track. Uh, he got dumped in lap one of his heat or of his showdown qualifier and then got cleaned out by like the eighth or ninth place car and took him out. And then if you weren't here on Friday to see that, you would see him on Saturday and be like, why is Garrett Stewart, one of the top dogs at this track, in a B-Main? Well, you would have had no idea that he got wiped out and the team worked, burned the midnight oil to fix it. And actually qualified into the race with a hell of a run in the B and finished sixth in the main event. So, you know, yeah, cool to see Garrett Stewart come from the back in the feature, but cool to see Garrett Stewart get taken out, get cleaned out in a wreck, put the car back together, qualify through the LCQ, and then finish sixth. You got the whole story if you came both nights. Um, I'm a big fan of one-day shows. Um, I get why you have two-day shows for big weekends. It did make for a fun weekend, two nights at the racetrack. But with Saturday being done in like two hours, I, I feel like you could have, you know, not had the street stocks and, and, and run everything else and had it done in one night. But that's just me being nitpicky, I guess. I would have liked to have just gone Saturday and gotten the whole thing and went home. And But anyways, I I, I got two nights at the racetrack, so I'm, I'm still happy. I'm still happy. Still very, very happy. Um, Rudiman Memorial, uh, like I said, great turnout. A lot of fun watching the qualifying. Nick Hoffman won the race in the two-car. He's the guy that walked away on the last restart with four to go and never looked back. So Nick Hoffman. Takes the win. Victor Lee was second. Kenny Wallace. That's right. That Kenny Wallace. He was in attendance. Ran great. Finished in third. Chris Arnold fourth. Uh, Todd Neilhauser was fifth. Garrett Stewart sixth. Seth Geary. Then Justin Haley. That's right. Xfinity's Justin Haley. He finished eighth. David Rudiman. He was ninth. And Rich Pratt. That was the top ten. It was a lot of fun. Uh, like I said, I- I'm an asphalt guy but I love going to the dirt track and having some fun. So I'm not as familiar with a lot of these names, especially in the modified ranks, uh, but it was a lot of fun. It was a great show. Um, one of the best parts, um, they ran 
602 late models, 604 late models, three stocks and thunder stocks is kind of the support classes. And they had uh, one of each late model, then thunder stocks and or street stocks kind of padding the field. Like Friday was qualifying and then 602s in thunder stocks. And then Saturday was the feature, the B mains, 604s and street stocks. One of the most fun things in the street stock feature, there's this guy riding around on the back. He was the 388 car, Walt car. And his car, like all these other street stocks, which used to be the hobby stocks, that's what I know them as. They used to look just like the Thunderstocks, your Monte Carlos, your Camaros. And, you know, there's there's just minor nuances between them and the Thunderstocks. And now they're starting to look like late models. Everything's starting to look like a damn late model. All the dirt cars are starting to look less and less like actual cars and just they they're they're racing machines, which is cool in its own right, but they just they don't look like what they used to. But this 388 car, this red car, it looked like an old Monte Carlo and he put a big old crazy wing on it and did what he could with the body. That thing uh, the race was okay. You know, David Shower Sr. won, no surprise there. He's he's a name I'm familiar with over at that track and he's always good, but um this Walt car in the 388, he was so fun to watch. He would go off into the corner and almost dime in the corner. He'd go, he'd, he'd send it in there to push up the racetrack. He bounced off the wall a few times, and he was just all over the damn place. But yet, he was the most entertaining thing to watch. David Showers Jr. up front kind of ran away with, kind of ran away with the race. And then you had this this Walt car and this ugly 388. It was so ugly, it was cool looking. All over the place. A lot of fun to watch. Um, buddy of mine, Patrick Thomas, was in the field. Um, Patrick should have won the Thunderstock race the day before. It was leading. Caution came out about halfway to go. And uh, on the restart, Patrick didn't get going. Thought maybe it was transmission. Uh, but when I talked to him, because he came back Saturday to run with the Street Stocks, uh, more as a test session to see if they could figure out what was going on. They made some changes, tried to figure out what was going on. Obviously, r- running a Thunderstock in the Street Stocks, you're going to be down a class so he wasn't competitive but just out there to try to figure it out had the same issues and he said it's probably something in the fuel so uh, patrick thomas former new smyrna sportsman champ uh, former florida state champion uh now running dirt tracks if you're wondering what happened to patrick thomas uh should have won the thunderstock race had the car to beat and uh had mechanical issues kind of beat him so overall a very fun weekend at the rudiman memorial um Spent some time with uh, Kenny Roth, a listener to the show. Uh, spent time with Austin Griffiths, the announcer over at Citrus, who we've had on the show before. Of course, Steven was there. Um, that's, that's what we do. We drag Steven to all the races. Um, and, and then Kenny's buddy came out Saturday. So we had a big group of people. Just We just had a good time, man. It, it was so nice to to sit in the grandstands and be a race fan. And uh, excuse my phone, as always, while recording the show, right? Even when it's on Do Not Disturb. Um, but yeah, it was just a lot of fun sitting in the grandstands, watching some racing. I still, I'm still an asphalt fan, but it it was fun to go to the dirt tracks. And, and, you know, again, this is not a knock on Volusia Speedway. This is not a knock on the Rudiman Memorial. I just, I, I didn't see anything that was like, oh my gosh, everybody's right. Dirt track racing is the best. It might be a little more racer friendly. The, the payout is nice. You can run like the same, you know, right rear tire or right front tire for much of the year, left front tire, I guess. I got that backwards. Um, you run the same tires much of the year. You know, the, the costs aren't as great. The pay is a little better, I guess. Um, so I see how it's more racer friendly, I guess. But a- as a fan, 
I, I enjoy watching those cars sling around through the corners. I love watching the track change. So, I mean, there's there's cool nuances, but, man, I, I just lo- I love asphalt racing. I, I really do. And I didn't see anything like, you know, the, the battles for the leads weren't any more different than asphalt. Like I said at the top, you know, once the track rubbers in, it's like an asphalt track. Everybody's running the same groove or they're all tr- trying not to jump the cushion and uh, nothing's really happening. You have a four-lap shootout in the big race and the 50-lapper, and a guy walks the dog on the rest of the field. It's not like, and I know that's not every race, small sample size here, but I just think you can have a good race on asphalt. You can have a good race on dirt. You can have shitty racing on both sides too. It's just a matter of circumstance. Um, but just great, great, great show by Volusia Speedway Park and the the modified guys. Um, the the dirt car folks run a great show. Um, I never felt like the show really dragged on. I know they had a bunch of ceremonial stuff for the uh, Rudiman. But guys, you got to have that stuff. So that that was just a good opportunity to go refill the beer and kick back, relax, go look at these cars up close and just enjoy enjoy the night, enjoy the atmosphere. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, hopefully I get to go back again. Um, you know, it, it, it was just fun being a race fan and uh, looking forward to doing more just being a race fan this weekend. Of course, we'll be attending the Billy Bigley Senior Memorial down at 417 this weekend. As they're expecting a big field, 50-plus super lates trying to qualify. And they're doing this all in one night. It'll be Saturday, but they're just running the late models. No support classes. So it's just all late models all the time, qualifying, last-chance qualifiers. Um, I think they're going to qualify in the top 20 in single car or group qualifying. And then they'll have two LCQs where they'll take three, and then there's two provisionals to set the 28-car field. Then they're even going to have a non-qualifier feature a 50-lapper for those that didn't make the big show, which is going to be like an all-star feature, like an all-star Florida feature in and of itself. And then, of course, the 120-lap race, uh, Billy Bigley Memorial. So that event's going to be a lot of fun. Um, And as a matter of fact, we're going to speak to our good friend Robert Howell from Sunshine State Racing. Uh, Next on the podcast, we're going to hear from him. He's going to tell us a little bit more about this. We're going to talk about some of the big names that have entered. We'll talk about some of the underdogs, and then after the interview, I'll give you my thoughts, my predictions on what should be a great marquee event, which, of course, we'll cover in depth on the next episode. So at this time, we're going to hear from Robert Howell, and then we'll talk about the Bigley Memorial in depth after that. All right, so on the line now with us, we have Robert Howell from Sunshine State Racing, and uh, he's going to be telling us a little bit about the upcoming Bigley Memorial, the big 128-lap race. And, um, Robert, I've been seeing nothing but encouraging things about this race for about the last, oh, I know it's probably been longer, but it feels like six, seven, eight months now. Yeah, it's probably been about that long. It's crazy. After last year's race was such a success, <clears throat> me and Billy Bigley Jr. was talking about how could we make this year's race even better? And none of us knew what we could do at the time. And then January, we got a, a meeting with Joe and Janet, and they said they wanted to do 15000 to win. And Billy wanted to do 1000 to start because his dad was always about to start money for the racers that they showed up, wanted them to get something back. So we sat down, had a meeting, worked all that out. And then some friends of, of Billy's came up together that used to race for Billy's dad when he ran Collier County Speedway. I put up an extra five grand to make it twenty thousand dollars to win this race, and it just kind of has grown from there. So it's we've been working on this probably since January or February. Yeah, and it's impressive. I've got the uh, entry list pulled up here, and I haven't counted them, but I mean, there's at least there, there's over fifty drivers. I, the 
the thousand dollars to start is pretty awesome. And uh, I, I know that's helped get a lot of people on this list. Twenty thousand to win. I mean, that's that's good money for these supercars. Um, this race has been around for a while, and I think this is really going to help. I, I think even Ty Majeski was talking about how this this race is kind of under the radar for some people, and I think this will really push it into the next level. Yeah, I think so. And one thing Ty was talking about, which makes it I meant special to to, to us, is because like I said, Billy's dad was all about cost of racing is it's 128 laps it's a three-eighths mile track so it's one set set of tires for the for the race now of course you're gonna teams are gonna have probably one or two practice sets but that's that's on the team that doesn't like something that's mandatory so right it's only a mandatory one one tire set of tire race to, for the race so that helps save money i think that's why it's under the radar to a lot of people and just uh I mean, we've got Langford Lawn Services stepped up. There's two thousand dollars on the line for for fast time home. That's that's incredible, and I'm I'm kind of looking at uh, the schedule here, and I noticed uh, last week they kind of announced this is going to be a super late model only race. So you're going to show up and you're going to qualify these cars. They're going to have looks like last chance qualifiers, and you're going to have the main event. It's going to be late models, fast and furious. So if you like late models and you don't care about anything else, this is going to be the event for you. And the reason they, they did that was there, there's an 11, 11.30 curfew, and the other day we had uh, some rain, and it pushed a class that didn't get the race. And they don't have a big race like this, and nobody not get the race. Plus, you're talking about, there's, I think we figured it out, if everybody that's on the list shows up, there's over 325 laps of qualifying. My goodness. Uh, you got the B-main races, the 125-lap feature, and then... What kind of made it special, I mean, everybody says, well, it's $1,000 to start, but only 28 are starting. Well, Joe and Janet's added a 50-lap non-qualifying race. So anybody that shows up and doesn't make the 28-star karting field for the 1000 to win will get to race a 50-lap non-qualifying race. I think it's paying, uh, I want to say 1200 or 1600 to win, and it pays 300 to start that race. So everybody that shows up this weekend is, is going to get the race, even if you don't make the big show. I mean that else or that uh, non qualifiers race will be like a a feature in and of itself on a regular Saturday night. So even if you don't make the big show, there's still it, it, I think that's really what's helped with the car count because I'm looking at the names here and it, there's like everybody from Florida. You got some big names like Ty Majeski coming. Um, just kind of scrolling through the list, you got Rich Bickle coming, Hayden Sprague, who we're familiar with over at New Smyrna. He's come a few times. I see Don Mahaffey's coming from Ohio. Uh, you got Austin Nason. Um, I know I'm missing some guys. The Hadlers are coming. Uh, Mike Garvey's even listed here. I mean, you uh, guys Rich, have Richie, Richie Waters just added his name uh, yesterday afternoon. Incredible. I, I, I mean, you got Boris uh, Jerkovic coming. Um, Patrick Staropoli. Uh, so you got some guys jumping out of their sportsmen back into late models. I see Chris Foley's on here and a couple other guys. Joe Winchell. I mean, th- this is going to be a hell of a show. I mean. It's going to be an all-star race, even for the people that don't qualify. That's how good this lineup is. Yeah, and then contacting all these people and trying to see if they're going to come to race, it's kind of amazing how they all, all in some way, just how this all ties in, and they all at some time or another have ties with the Bigley family. I mean, Hayden Sprague and his family's coming down, and I don't know if you remember, probably four or five years ago at the Governor's Cup now, uh, Dylan Bigley was over there. I think it was a year after his grandfather had died. He, he always wanted to go take it and run the governor's cups. And they said they were going to go do that for him. And they, um, his engine blew on Friday, on Saturday night. And Hayden Sprague's dad loaned him an engine from Michigan. And they put it in the car and 
I mean, Dylan didn't have the best of luck. I think he ended up hitting the wall, but then they, they had to ship the motor back up to Michigan. And it's just how you make ties like that at racing at other facilities that help kind of tie this race all together and make it a big family event. Yeah, and, and I, I think you're exactly right about that. Yeah, the money is nice, but everybody wants to come support the family. They want to put their names on, on the list of winners. And, I mean, th- this really is going to be the year that really ignites this race. And it's it's great to see such a, an impressive entry list. And we got Snowball Derby right around the corner, too. So it looks like everybody's going to come run this and then get ready to go up north and run Snowball. I, I, I know that you and, and everybody else at uh, Sunshine State, that you guys have put in so much legwork. Uh, you've made so many calls and, and just – done such a great job with this and believe me I, I know the hard work that that takes and uh um it's, it's incredible what you guys have been able to put together here I, I think everybody needs to even if it's a long drive for you everybody needs to make the trip south this weekend and i just want to clear up on the end but it being <clears throat> right before the snowball derby <clears throat> a lot of people ask me and billy why that weekend and that weekend's significant for a lot of reasons uh a it's the weekend uh, we lost Big Bill on Thanksgiving weekend, so it kind of makes sense. B, Billy, uh, once again, trying to do it for the working person. Uh, most people have off Thursday, Friday already from work, so they don't have to take off extra work to come race this race. Good point. And then, a lot of people ask if we're trying to like, replace the snowball. Uh, well, well, no, we're, I mean, we're never going to. We don't want to replace the snowball. There. We, we, we love all the racing in Florida. We just want another marquee event here in Florida that, offers the, a, a great payout and maybe we'll grow this to work side by side and so many people end up getting to or more people can do both exactly i i would never look at this as oh they're trying to one-up the snowball derby if you're trying to do that you know maybe if you're running on the same day you could ask that question but i think this is just a, a an event that um is not only great on its own but you guys have put the work in and it's it's paying off and Man, I, I wish, um, you know, I know we had the Governor's Cup and, and we had a decent feel, but, man, I wish we could have gotten this. I, I wish some of these guys would come race, but what, what's been put into this event to make it worthwhile for everybody, it, it speaks volumes with, with the names you have on this list. So, I mean, I, I'm super excited. The event, even just a standal- standalone late model event, it's going to be worth the money. It's only 25 bucks to see, man, 50-plus cars. You're, you're basically going to get qualifying, you're going to get last chance races. You're going to get a non-qualifiers race and the 120 lap, uh, 128 lap main event for twenty thousand to win. I mean, that is a bargain if you ask me. And, and if time time permitting, I'm sure they're going to have them. And they usually always do a, a intermission, like a meet and greet, to come down and meet the, the stuff. Oh, that's awesome! And uh, everybody she came with the Bigley family, and I meant just to to get to come and see some of these stars. Uh, Ty Majeski, Rich Bickle. This is his next last race. Probably unless you're doing the snowball derby, we'll never see him race again. Oh wow! Just to get to come down and, and shake their hand and meet them in, in Southwest Florida, we don't get we don't get those big guys down here. Either. I mean, because down here in Florida, a lot of the winter nationals and stuff is more up. You guys is way up north, so this is the one time a year that we get some bigger names down here, and it, it's looking forward to it. Oh yeah, I mean the the, the list is impressive. Even if you get a handful of these guys that, for whatever reason, you know, it's a holiday weekend after all, for whatever reason, if they have to back out last minute, you're still going to have an incredible field. You have big names. You have locals. Uh, you have underdogs. Um, I, I mean, I could just see an underdog sneak into this field at 417. It's a little bit less of a motor track. So, you know, you might have an underdog who has a good qualifying run, gets a good race, sneaks into the feature. And if the feature gets wild, you never know. I mean, Ty Majeski could come, come down here and whoop everybody's butts. 
Or you could have, you know, Joe Winchell kind of steal one for the old guys. There's so many great storylines in it's I'm I'm looking over the list trying to pick a winner out. And I mean, my heart wants to go Ty Majeski just because it's easy to pick him. Um, but man, Wayne Anderson, Michael Atwell's been tearing it up down there. I mean that's another interesting thing that I think nobody's really played into, and I've never really haven't asked any of them. But there, I know there's a little bit of a grudge against some of these Florida guys that that want to beat Ty Majeski so so bad in their home track. I mean, it, some of these smaller teams that don't have the funds to go race everywhere he does, and knows the wins he has. They, they'd like to to win one here against him, and I know he's going to come down and he tries to win everywhere he goes. So just the the local feel against some of the, the out-of-counter guy battle, I think it's going to be more important than we think about. Oh, I, I believe that 100%. You know, if, if one of the local guys is running second to time Majeski in the closing laps, they're not going to bow over and let him go. They're going to race him hard. They're going to want to really, you know, beat him because that'll, that'll be the story. You know, local Florida driver beats time Majeski for 20 grand a win. I mean, that'll be incredible. And, you know, Ty Ty could be the guy that just shows up. And like I said, he could kick everybody's butts. Or maybe he doesn't get this place figured out because there's so many people on this list that have turned so many laps around that place that maybe he's the one at the disadvantage. You never know. That's what's going to make it uh, very, very intriguing. And uh, just for those listening that may not know, the race is this Saturday, uh, November the 27th. And I believe the racing starts at 7 and qualifying and qualifying will start around six o'clock so racing may be a little after seven okay and last year there were so many people we had to hold on until about seven thirty to make sure everybody got in so but racing will start somewhere around seven seven thirty now i'm just i'm looking at the the information here it says pit gates open at 12 grandstands at four so i would suggest i'm i'm imagining it's gonna be a packed house so i would suggest if you can get there at four get there early get there you don't want to miss qualifying gonna be very important because they'll lock in the top 20 then They'll fill in the rest of the spots with the last chance races and provisionals. Then you have that um, the non-qualifiers race, too. So you're going to want to be there early so you can get a good seat, so you can see all of it. Um, You're not even going to want to miss qualifying. No. Yeah, and that's that's good money right there. That's that's real good money. That might cover your travel expenses. So um, do you have a driver that you think is going to win this thing, Robert? I... I don't know. I mean, I have, I have my drivers that Hartford I'd like to see win it for certain reasons. I, I don't. I mean, I'm interested to see what Majeski's going to do. He's good everywhere he goes. He's never been here. I mean, I know he's I racing a lot, and unfortunately this track's not on there. But I hear this track's a lot like Rundy, and he's really good there. So I think he's going to come do really well. But I mean. Jesse Dutilli and Michael Atwell have been on a mission at 417 lately yeah. and, and battling each other. And there's, I, there's a hand, I'd say five to six guys that you couldn't, you could pick and probably not go wrong. Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought up Jesse Dutilli too, because he's coming off a tough weekend over at the Governor's Cup. He he broke and didn't even get to start the features. So I know he's looking to make up for that. He's trying to kind of defend his turf. Um, like I said, Atwell's been good down there. You got these other guys, the the story and, with Rich Bickle, that would be an incredible kind of walk off into the sunset for him. Nobody's talking about that. I don't know what to expect from him is Anthony Sergi. He won last yeah. year's race, but he hasn't got to race much this year with his job with uh Ben Rhodes and the, the truck team. He is limited in his racing. So is he gonna come in and pick up where he left off or is he gonna have a little rust? I mean, he's gonna be a 
kind of a wrench into the pot there too. You don't know what to expect from him, not not racing consistently, but he won last year's race over Jesse Detelli. I mean that that's a great point. I think Sergi, you gotta throw him, you know, into at least the top ten to mix it up for sure. Um another guy, I mean Anthony Campy is coming back out. We haven't seen Campy drive. You know, he's been running the team for, for uh, Jet Nolan and, and all those guys, but uh, Anthony Campy getting back behind the wheel, that's an interesting story. Of course, you know, you got Dylan Bigley in the 28. What I mean, that would just be incredible if he could pull this off for the Bigley race. Um, I mean, there's just stories all the way down. You got these out-of-towners coming. You could have somebody really kind of surprise you. Um, uh, th- this is an all-star entry Dylan list. Dylan wins that race, it'll be party for days. Yeah, oh yeah. And, I mean, could you blame him? Uh, I'd be partying too. That, that'd be awesome. Um, I mean, this this race, it just it's going to be such a good time. I, I really, I, I really hope that you know we, we get a lot of people that listen up in you know up in the New Smyrna area, and, and I know it's a long trip, but I want to encourage everybody to try to make the trip down there and support the race. Um, we got to, as a community, as a racing community, we really got to support all these tracks. You know, all this cherry picking. You know, oh, we don't like this place. We don't like this place. We just got to support these big races and, and and keep them coming so that all the big races can continue to be good. And um, man, I'm I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I'll definitely be making the trip down Saturday. Um, I'll be uh, be talking about it on next week's show, and um, we'll see if any of our predictions come true. Is there any um, any last minute information that we should put out there so everybody knows what to expect this Saturday? Uh, just if you're going to the event, uh, then make sure you follow the parking. Last year we had a problem where you can't park on the road on the airport side mm. or the highway tow, but they're gonna they got some secured additional parking and they've actually admitted two buses that are gonna shuttle people back and forth from uh, from a parking lot to the track. So people last year there were people walking up to a mile to get to the track. We oh don't want goodness. that to happen again. But just I'd say come early and be prepared for a good time. Yeah, if you roll up probably around seven o'clock, expect to uh, have a little bit of delay getting in if if they're not already full. So. Uh, my, my suggestion, it, it's a holiday weekend, of course. Um, give yourself extra time on the roads. Drive safe. Um, if you are coming from you know, Orlando, New Smyrna, you're going to have a heck of a drive home, so maybe look into getting a hotel down there or something. Uh, you know, Be responsible. Be safe. Um, but just come enjoy what should be one of the best weekends of racing. And if you're a super late model fan, if you're a late model fan, period, you are not going to want to miss this event. Well, Robert, I want to uh, I want to thank you for um, for coming on the show today. Um, where can people if that can't make it? Where can they follow along with the race this weekend? Uh, so the race will be broadcast on. Um, I guess it's Racing in America now, formerly Speed Fifty One, and then um, they can follow on our Facebook page, Sunshine State Racing. We'll have interviews and updates all weekend long but once the race starts the, the broadcast will be on speed 51 or uh racing in america racing america i believe is the new name of it yeah that's that's gonna be weird to get used to but uh, it's great that this race will have some coverage and you guys have done a great job getting us all prepared i feel like even though you know i've, I've had governor's cup and stuff to focus on but i feel like uh, despite that just the stuff i see on facebook you guys have done a great job keeping people updated and getting people excited and I really hope this weekend is a success down there. Well, thank you for the, the time, and we'll see you this weekend. And hope everybody can make it out to a great race. All right, thank you so much, Robert. And uh, guys, make sure you tune in next week to see how things go. All right, again, we want to thank Robert Howell for taking some time to join us on the podcast here this week. I know he's very busy getting ready. Uh, when I when when he first called, he was like, "Man, I'm just ready for this race." 
to happen? Because you, you spend all this time, you know, the months and months building up to it and, and working to, to try to make this thing as good as it is, as good as it's looking right now. And then you kind of start wearing yourself out and you're just like, okay, we've got a good thing coming. I hope everything goes all right. Let's just get to the race. And uh, you got to give Robert and everybody over at Sunshine State Racing a ton of credit. Um, you know, they've they've been, uh, Robert and, and Jen Brinson over there, uh, been working behind the scenes with the Gentry family, with the Bigleys, to, to make this event more than just, okay, we're having a memorial race, but really go the extra mile and reach out to all these drivers, um, all the great supporters that have come on board to beef this race up. You know, $1,000 to start. You're, you're talking 28 cars starting. I mean, that's 28 grand just in start money, guaranteed, 20000 a win. I mean, you're looking at a purse. You know, you throw in the qualifying, the last chance races, the, you know, non-qualifiers races. You're looking at, my goodness, I, I'd have to sit and do all the math, but man, you're, you're looking at over probably over $75,000 worth of payout. I mean, that is that kind of money. I mean, we're talking local short track racing here where a lot of places are lucky to break even on, on a show. I mean, of course, there's been a ton of sponsors that have come on board, but that's a huge payout. That's the reason these guys are coming. I mean, $1,000 to start, you know, if, if you finish 28th and you wreck your car, $1,000 to start isn't going to cover all of that. But it helps. It helps pay for a set of tires. It helps with the fuel. Now, there are rules that these guys have to buy tires, they have to buy fuel, and this and that. You know, we it, it's got to it's got to work both ways here, and I understand that. But you, you give these drivers, you know, some incentive to to come qualify for this race, and obviously, four seventeen. It's in the wheelhouse for a lot of these teams, a lot of these local guys. This is the perfect track for them. So. That helps there. And pretty much every local guy that is somebody in this state is going to be there. And then you have these out-of-towners. I mean, uh, I'm just going to go over some of the, the key entries that I think have a legit shot at winning this race. You have Anthony Cataldi, the double zero car. He's great over at Citrus. You have George Gorham, who's great over at Auburndale. You have, um, uh, let's see, you have uh, Nick Neary. You have Anthony Campy coming out to race. Uh, Anthony Sergi, and I'm, I'm really glad that Robert brought up Anthony Sergi in the interview because I kind of, I, I was just kind of scanning the list and I scanned right over him and he, he's the defending winner one last time he raced of, of this event. So, you know, that Anthony's going to, he's going to be good. He wants to just go out and win these late model races because he doesn't get to race as many anymore. Um, you know, Dylan Bigley's going to come and bring everything that he has. Jared Irvin is a great player in this field. Jesse Dutilly, he's going to, he's, one of probably my top three that I think have a good chance to win. Uh, Michael Goddard, man, if he can stay out of trouble, he'll be good. Uh, Rich Bickle, he's one of the big out-of-towners coming. You have Michael Atwell, who's been good down here. Boris Jerkovic's going to be good. I think Dustin Dunn in the 59, uh, a name I'm not too familiar with, but a name that I've heard enough where he's on my radar. Uh, Patrick uh, Patrick Staropoli, I almost said Shelter. Where am I, Arca? Uh, Patrick Staropoli is going to be an, he's always an interesting player in the mix. Uh, Daniel Webster in the 66 car. Um, I, I know Daniel's had his focus elsewhere, um, but man, I think he can still get it done. I think he, he's a wild card in this race. Colin Allman, another wild card. Um, we got Michael Hine in the 69. He ran pretty decently over at Governor's Cup. Uh, Wayne Anderson in the 84. He's real good at Citrus these days, but a similar track, not exactly the same, but Wayne's going to be good. Of course, Ty Majeski. Um, Joe Winchell is in the field. He's going to drive for a buddy of mine, Grant Thormeyer. He's got the Michael Myers car. 
Uh, so I wish that team all the best. We'd love to see Michael and Victory Lane there on the hood. Um, looks like you got a second uh, Carbone entry. I, I'm imagining a team car for Jesse Dutilly. Adam Briggs has entered in the 14 car. You know, he's good in the sportsman. Uh, got Flying Flyin Ryan, not Flying Ryan. Uh, Flying Ryan Luza has entered. Um, Steven Nassie, I believe, is a uh, maybe. I mean, he would add a ton of flair to this. Chad Rutherford and Richard Waters uh, also on the list. Um, again, I, I haven't taken the time to count, but here's the thing. It really doesn't matter at this point how many show up. You're going to get a full field because they're going to start 28. So if they get 50, you know, you're going to have a, a handful of cars that go home. If they get 40, you're still going to have 12 cars that go home. Um, it's going to be a full field of super late models regardless. I mean, 25 cars could show up. It's still a full field. Um, now from what I understand, these are not like, there's no entry fee, which is, I I think that's fantastic. You know, show that you want these guys to be there in race. I I hate entry fees for big races. They're already spending enough damn money. And the, uh, the gentry's just said, Hey, come race with us. And it's a thousand to start if you can qualify for the big show. And then they, they went and supported a last chance race, which, or a non-qualifiers race, which is going to be a feature in and of itself. I mean, there's going to be 12, 15 cars in that one leaving with some decent cash for for their efforts, for for attempting, uh, for coming down and supporting this event. So there is so much good. And I know with an event like this, um, things can get crazy, especially on race day. And I know things are already crazy. I, I know Robert, you know, I'm trying to coordinate him and I almost felt bad uh, reaching out, asking him if he'd take time to be on the podcast because I know he's got, uh, you know, he's got a life. Um, he's got a hundred million things to do this week and I, I thank him so much for his time. Um, I've personally, I, I haven't met the Gentries down there at 417, but, uh, I think they run a great facility. I've been impressed with what they've done over the last few years. Um, I, I think they're going to have a hell of a show. Uh, I know that when you get, you know, 40, 50 super late model teams on premises, you're probably going to have somebody who's, you know, not happy and doesn't have a great weekend and is going to, you know, say how bad things are, but I think they're going to be in line for a, a fantastic weekend. You know, only only 28 drivers are going to start the show. You can only fit so many on a 3 8 mile track. I think 28 is the perfect amount. If you put all 50 on the track, it's going to be a demolition derby. If you put 35, 36 on the track, it's 28 cars probably going to be a demo derby. Uh, you're probably going to have some wrinkled fenders and a lot of donuts. Um, but I mean... Honestly, it, go back and listen to my thoughts on the Ruderman Memorial. I thought qualifying was the most exciting part of the weekend, and I think that's what we're going to have here, and that's why I'm going early. That's why I'm going to watch qualifying. Um, those 20 cars that lock in, it's going to be like Snowball Derby. I mean, if you get locked in, you can just breathe a sigh of relief and know that you've made it. Um, if you're in those LCQs, I think, they, I think they're going to run two LCQs, take the top three, and then everybody else uh, goes to the non-qualifiers race, and then there's a couple track provisionals and, and what, what have you. Um, but, man, just qualifying for the race is going to be huge. And if you don't qualify, I mean, it's so great that it's not just like, okay, thanks for coming, see you, bye. You get to go to the, the non-qualifiers race and still race for a little bit of change. So I, I, I'm just, I'm excited. I, I think they've really built up something good here and I hope it goes well for them. I, I know that in any event, you know, there are things that are going to happen. I mean, Governor's Cup wasn't the most smooth weekend. Um, it, it, things can happen. I, I hope the weather cooperates. You know, Robert brought up, they have a curfew there I, and I believe that's due to the airport. Um, yeah, I hope there's no delays. I, I hope that there's no issues getting people in. You know, if you, 
don't all come at the last minute, please. You know, try to get there and be orderly and, and help them get a, uh, a good show in. But I'm not even upset that there's no support classes. And I, I was kind of confused as to why. I thought maybe, you know, oh, well, it's going to be a huge payout. So they're just going to focus on making the late model portion of this kind of stand on, alone on itself. And I think it has its own legs to stand on. Uh, but then Robert bringing up the curfew and also, you know, they don't have the biggest pit area. I've been there one time and it kind of wraps around in uh, turn one and two and down along the back straightaway. I, I mean, I think they had room to throw a, a division or two in there. Um, I don't think that was the big issue. And I think they're trying to have make sure everybody has enough space to be comfortable for this event too. So I'm sure that factored in a little bit, but the their curfew is such a, such a good point. I'm glad that Robert brought that up because could you imagine, um, you know, I'm sure it's going to cost a pretty penny at $40 to get in the pits. So imagine charging these, you know, street stock or a mod teams or whatever to come, come race. And then they pay the money to get in. If there's a rain shower or there's some kind of delay, a big crash, or just, you know, the festivities take a little bit longer after the race and somebody doesn't get to run. I, I think that's a good call. You know, just make sure you get what we've all come for in. We have all season to race all this other stuff. So I'm sure some are disappointed uh, that there's nothing else racing, but, you know, I, I hear it all the time. Oh, we don't care about this or this. We just want to see the late models. Well, this is your weekend to go see a great late model race and only see the late models. You don't have to worry about anything else. And you're going to get plenty of action. I mean, qualifying, um, LCQs, uh, non-qualifier race, 128 lap main event. Uh, I know we talked about it uh, over and over, but it's going to be great. 20000 to win, a huge field of cars, qualifying of the utmost importance. Um, you're going to see aggression. You're going to see pushing and shoving. You're going to see tire marks. You're going to see crashes. And it, it's going to be a wild time. I, I've This will be my second trip down there. And I, I would go more often, but, man, that drive is down 75. Whew. It's uh, not the most fun drive in the world for me, but it is, is going to be so worth it. Um I know Steven and I will be heading down there. Um, hey, if anyone else listening to this wants to uh, pitch in and carpool, um, I'm probably going to leave our place around uh, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock on Saturday. Just putting it out there. If anyone wants to carpool, we'll uh, we'll get one going. Because, um, you know, like I talked about during the Rudiment Memorial, I, I had so much fun just kind of hanging out and watching the races. And that's that's my goal. I'm not going to work this weekend. I'm, I'm going to enjoy the festivities. Um, obviously, if if somebody needs some help, need something done, reach out to me. You guys know me. I, I love to help out. Um, but yeah, just looking forward to going down there, watching the race. I mean, this to me, th this might as well be Snowball Derby. If you said this was the entry list of the Snowball Derby, I'd believe you. I, I'd be like, wow, look at all the local support. That's fantastic. Um, uh, there's so many local guys that, you know, if they can break through and have a good run, we'll, we'll make for a great story. Enough out-of-towners to make it a big draw. Um Place is going to be packed, absolutely packed, and they deserve to be. I hope you guys buy a lot of beer and buy a lot of food, support this race. Um, like I said, just kind of, you know, doing the math without doing the math. It's a huge payout, a huge commitment from the Biglies, uh, from the Gentries, from everybody at 417, uh, everybody that's uh, sponsored this event. It's huge. It's huge, and I hope it's a, a great success. Uh, what, what a great way to end, well, not end the year. We got the snowball coming up, but kind of end the season, the regular season for Super Late's. Uh, in this area of things. So I hope you guys, if anything, watch it on the, the Speed 51 or the Racing America, whatever the hell it's called now, and just in, enjoy the racing. And of course, um, 
man, I, talking to Robert, uh, I was trying to feel his thoughts out because I know he's been in contact with these guys and he, he sees more of the stuff at 417. I feel like I'm going to give you my top five picks in, in no order. And I'm going to scan the entry list and I'm going to pick five drivers who I think are going to have a shot to win. And then next week when we do the recap show, if I'm right, you guys will all have to buy a sponsorship, okay? You guys hear that? Send me money for sponsorship. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but my my five to watch for this event, George Gorham Jr. in the 03. He has been so good over at Auburndale, and Auburndale's not too different than 417. It's different, but not too different. He's in my top five. I think um, I think you got to watch Sergi. So I'm going to put Sergi in there. Jesse Dutilly, Michael Atwell, and then my last guy on the list is Ty Majeski. Those are my five. If if one of those five wins, I'm not going to be surprised. But I'm also not going to be surprised if not a single driver that I picked is competitive because the field is stacked. But those are my five. If I'm a betting man, if I'm putting money down, I'm going Jesse Dutilly. So I think Jesse's the top dog. I think he's the one they got to beat, and we'll see if that comes true. But I wanted to give you all a prediction, you know, at least put myself on the line a little bit for you. Um, But that's my prediction for the Bigley Memorial 128 lapper this Saturday at the 417 Speedway, 20,000 to win, a huge entry list. Um, And again, just to put the information out there, grandstands, uh, according to to the info here, grandstands open at four, qualifying set to begin at 530. So make sure, I would say, make sure you're there by five and in a seat so that you can get a decent seat and enjoy the qualifying because that's half the, that's going to be half the fun right there. And then the racing begins at 7. I believe it is $25 for the grandstands. That's a great price. Um, yes, it's 25 bucks, but it'll be well worth it. And uh, $40 to go in the pits. So if you want the full experience for an extra 15 bucks, you can go in the pits. So there you go. That is the Bigley Memorial coming up here this Saturday, the 27th, November 27th, uh, the Saturday after Thanksgiving. So I hope you all enjoy your holidays with your families. Hope you enjoy, um, hope you get some time off work this week. Enjoy some turkey and some mashed potatoes and some stuffing and whatever the heck, you know, if you all eat that cranberry can crap, uh, enjoy it. Enjoy the time. Um, you know, it's, it's important that we get family time, especially with what we've been through the last few years. So enjoy what you can. Um, I hope you all have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Of course, on Friday, I'll be making, uh, the trip to the Orlando Speed World. That's right. I'll be at Speed World for Crasherama. I'm going to be announcing for Mo out there. Um, so that'll be that. That's just fun. I I just I love that. It's something I used to do as a child. And when I could beg my mom to drop me off and come pick me back up, I enjoyed the Crasheramas. So now to get to announce them, uh, that's that's going to be a fun way to uh, kind of kickstart the weekend. So I'm going to go from Orlando. I'm going to go home, take a quick nap, wake up, drive down to 417. And then, of course, uh, we will be back next weekend with another episode of the Racing with Ryan podcast to recap everything from this weekend. And, um, you know, I, I think it's going to be a great show because we're going to have a lot to talk about from 417. And, and we'll talk about some crash Rama too because um, that, that event's always fun. So appreciate you guys listening. And we'll be back with you next week for another good episode. Enjoy your Thanksgiving holiday, everyone. Thanks.